0: Hello and welcome to Free for the Real, episode 165, brought to you by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can hear us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ. With me as ever is Sebastian. Hey everybody. And Kia. Hey guys, how's it going? This is the... Free From Real Podcast, bring you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and things from the offline game which are relevant to us. And one thing which is extremely relevant to our interests is the next upcoming set. What happened at PAX?
1: Well, they had a uh, an Avison Restored little conference meeting type thing. I'm not sure exactly what it's called. But either way, the important thing is we got cards spoiled from it. Um, basically, they did a QA and a with like Dave Humphreys and various people in design and development. And along the way, to illustrate what they were talking about when they described putting together the set, they decided to showcase some new cards. Um, we actually got four new ones, which told us a few things. Uh, or it's looks like five new ones. A, that mechanics from the Innistrad block will continue to make their way into Avicin Restore, even though it's a big set, uh, with the preview card Demon Lord of Ashmouth. He is a 4-mana 5-4 flyer uh, for 2 and 2 black. And when he enters the battlefield, you exile him unless you sacrifice another creature. And he has Undying. Nice. So it seems- on the plus side,
0: you have a massive evasive fire twice. On the minor side, you have to sacrifice a creature each time it comes
1: back. Yeah, that can be quite the risky gambit. Uh, it's certainly if you play him with just one creature in play, then your opponent only has to remove him once. Or if you had a creature, you wouldn't want to sacrifice. But either way, it's a pretty interesting take on the, the Juzamjin four-mana demon variant that they do often.
0: There was an uncommon demon in um, Kamigawa block, uh, the first one, which um, was a... I believe it was either 5-4 flying or 5-4 fear, uh, which required sacrificing your creature each upkeep unless you had a uh, ogre in play. And this reminds me a fair bit of that with less sacrifice, but only marginally less sacrifice yeah, and more recurrence. Yeah, just,
1: just as risky of a maneuver, but for a pretty big payoff. You know, Having a 5-power uh, flyer... On turn four is pretty potent. Go. Yeah. So in addition to the old mechanics, obviously it's another set, so we have new mechanics, and we did get to take a look at those in the new set. Uh, the first of which which is a little interesting. It's called Soul Bond, um, which basically pairs creatures together. And to illustrate this, we we'll look at the card that was previewed, Silverblade Paladin. So he is one and two white, so three mana total for a two-two, who has Soul Bond. So when he comes into play, he is paired with another creature, an unpaired creature on the battlefield, and that creature doesn't have to have soul bond, just to clarify. And so as long as they are both in play, those two are bound together. And what that does is the card's have effects. So in Silverblade's case, it says as long as he is paired with another creature, both of those creatures have double strike.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. The really intriguing thing is the wording. You may pair this creature with another unpaired
1: creature when either enters the battlefield, if... Silverblade Paladin's oh, unpaired. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I didn't recognize that. So you can play Silverblade Paladin, and if he's your only creature, when you play another creature, you can bind you can bind them at that time. Wow.
0: What's also interesting is if the pair dies, I wonder, does it revert to being unpaired? Ah, yes, they remain paired for as long as you yeah. control both of them. So, so if one yeah. of them dies, you lose
1: the pairing, yeah. and you can repair with anything that enters play. Yeah, so if you, you have to kill the Paladin basically to stop them, the ability, because if you kill the other creature then he just becomes unpaired, and the next creature you play can pair with him.
0: And there are any number of creatures with uh, very nice ambush abilities or evasion for which Double Strike would be very nice indeed. I can think of one specific angel that Double Strike might help. What, the uh, one which is hexproof if you've got a human?
2: Possibly. Possibly.
1: Oh, wow, that, yes. Yeah, that could work. It's yeah. a good combo, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: a pretty, having Double Strike is pretty potent. Now the other fun thing with that would be pairing it with red and going for, say, ball lightning type cards.
1: Or like, for example, the uh, what is it the Falcon Wrath Marauders, the two two whenever he deals damage, you put two counters on him.
0: Yeah, but for example, say Health Bark Elemental, he comes into play. Oh hey, I'm unpaired. I'll pair with that Health Bark Elemental, swing in for six with Trample, uh, let it die. Uh, oh, I'm unpaired. Yeah. Uh, next turn, running it back. <laughs> Oh, hey, paired up again. Swing in for, um, I suppose you're swinging with the uh, Silver Bullet Paladin as well. So that's, um, ooh, 10 damage over two,
1: uh, 10 damage per turn, two turns. Uh-huh. And plus the knight. That's game right Yeah, there. plus the Paladin himself has, yeah, double check. Yeah, you're right, 10 damage. Yeah, but this one goes right up there with banding and haunting, with co- cards combining together and doing all this stuff, and also probably right up there with you know some of the most confusing mechanics in magic. I'm sure we'll get a lot of people that don't know what to do or get confused with it. So.
0: Mm-hmm. This has a lot of potential for confusion, but at the same time it's ready to be straightforward in play. This is paired with this. This is gone. This can pair up with something else. Exactly,
1: yeah. I, it's, it's People will adjust. It's not like banding where people will continue yeah. to be confused throughout all time.
0: The wording may not look straightforward but in play you can see how straightforward it would feel i could see that, yeah, that yeah. sense.
1: and a couple other preview cards we got um they gave us a couple of angels Not nothing special in the sense they don't give us new mechanics but they are pretty saucy um we have a, a yep. four mana three four flying flash when this angel enters the battlefield restoration angel uh you can exile a non-angel you control and then return it to the battlefield uh so lots of potential for combat tricks triggering comes into play leaves play abilities all sorts of fun uh, mm-hmm. with that. And, it, I mean, an instant speed white creature that flies.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see some play, especially given it's Flash. It, uh, flying creatures with Flash have typically done pretty well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, a 3-4 for throw especially. It's um, very nice. I'd, I'm intrigued. The um, I suppose the non-angel clause prevents it targeting itself, which would obviously lead to a uh, endless loop of loop. Um, annoyingness. Yeah. yeah um although if you've got say a conspiracy set to anything not angel you can do that well i
1: think well i think they probably i don't know we have to see what they have in the set because it has the may ability so wouldn't you at some point have to choose not to do it or, I, don't, yeah. I don't know
0: if you got some sort of um uh crazy comes into play leaves play uh wing conditions in that um i suppose it would be a bit too slow for that but yeah. huh. no wait it is in fact instant speed blinking. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a crazy um, triggers off creatures coming into play, win condition. like, say, isn't there a um, when a creature comes under control, control under your control, or even just a pandemonium? Yeah, as I effect. say,
1: pandemonium is the obvious one, but that's I mean, that'd be at best modern because I think pandemonium was a time shift mm. card.
0: It was, yes. Um, and so was uh, conspiracy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah,
1: there would be something interesting. 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 But either I mean, either way, I think it just keeps it from some kind of abusive combo, but still a great card. Yeah. It also yeah. probably keeps it from like ending games accidentally.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you can do some really beautiful combos with it, but um, they require a bit more work now, and that's not necessarily a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just a good card. And now the other angel.
1: Yeah, the other angel we have is oh, Sigarda, yes. host of Herons, that was spoiled. That's two, gre- two a green and two white, so five mana total. And for all of that, you get a 5-5 five five flying hexproof, spells and abilities your opponent control, can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. That's going to be really annoying to play against. Yeah, what what are what. you supposed to do? Like, how do you enter this card? It ha- You can't target it. You can't make, you can't be sacrificed. Like, I, ah, I'm just annoying. Uh,
0: you guys you destroy all creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Wrath it, or uh, do something like Black Sun's Zenith. That'll uh, get rid of it. Oh, so um, seven mana. <laughs> or exile all creatures target opponent controls, or, um, or just damage all creatures
1: target player controls. Yeah,
0: mass damage works. Mass removal works. Yeah.
1: Um, and luckily, it has a somewhat prohibitive mana cost. Like green, white, white is. Not, I mean, that's obviously a very specific deck that would be able to cast
0: it. Or you could just go for Angel Reanimator and really annoy it with both that
1: and the already previewed card uh. Avacyn Angel. Yeah, of Hope. yeah, if you're gonna reanimate, which I don't think we've discussed yeah, to go to that. It's like if you're gonna play Reanimator, then you probably want to target this bad boy here, uh, which is yeah, like you yeah. Said, the namesake Avison. eight mana, eight eight, flying vigilance. Avessen and other permanents you control are indestructible. Yeah, that's uh, game, that's pretty much game over right there. Yeah,
0: but yeah, you, if you have some sort of uh, reanimated deck which gets both of them simultaneously, that's just that's just wrong because permanents you control can't be sacrificed. Permanents you control are indestructible. Are there any convoluted wordings we can? There needs to be a can't be exiled angel just for the maximum annoyance factor.
1: Yeah. Something. That's that's crazy. I mean, luckily there there are still answers. Obviously, you can bounce her. I know Vapor Snag is very prevalent, prevalent in standard there things, but still, there's a yeah. good chance. Like, you can re- if you're yeah. an animator, you got very few turns to find an answer, um, since everything they have is indestructible, and not to mention they have this eight-eight flyer.
0: Yeah, if if you've got another legendary, say, uh, two white and a blue Angel tog- uh, permanent you control can't be exiled or bounced back or or returned to hand. Yeah, that'd be pretty.
1: It'll be. It'll be interesting. It yeah.
0: could be worse, I suppose.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and see, just thinking of all the ways you can get. yes. No, Go, go ahead. Ahead again, yeah. Just thinking of all the ways you can potentially get rid of a permanent and negating each and every one on a different angel.
1: I'm sure you'll have a deck, some kind of crazy angel anti-dealing with cards deck that you can come up with for tribal one of these weeks once we get Abysm restored, AJ. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, sure to, make, to make you everything before. indestructible, can't be sacrificed, untargetable. Uh, <laughs>
2: and they catch. You need an angel that prevents from conceding.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> you can't concede the game. You can't, you can't look. I'm not to look at my cards. Look away. Look away. Look over there.
2: <laughs> oh dear. There's been a lot of hoopla about Avicen compared to a Chroma. What do you think, uh, Kia?
1: I mean, uh, obviously pretty similar. Like Manacost, she's big. I'm, I think people are surprised she wasn't black white. I could see the art. I mean, she's just fine. I think it's a solid white creature. I honestly, I know it sounds kind of stupid. She's, it's kind of, she's kind of boring. No, but I mean, no. she's big and splashy. Like, don't get me wrong, and uh, you know. Very, that's very cool, but I like more of the cards that, like, do stuff. Kind of like the Restoration Angel. I was hoping for some kind of big effect or some big ability that you could use. Not just, like, you know, static, raw, or what you're gonna do. I mean, still a cool card, but I guess I was hoping for something a little different. But, I mean, I'm sure there are other cards that accomplish that goal. Um, and, and it's nice to have, you know, it's a flagship card, like, the set's named after her. You wanna, you want something that's like, whoa. And that's, she mean, if she comes and play, you're gonna say, whoa.
0: I mean, you've got that alongside, say. Um, I mean, you could technically have a deck with um, buried alive, with that one, the can't be sacrificed one, and say platinum angel, mm-hmm. and say living death, everything. Bam! What are you gonna do? Yeah,
1: that'd be quite the angel reanimator. Is this is yeah.
2: true. I mean, I also, I personally would have been saying that it's, you know Avinson's one big hole in his system is that he doesn't have haste. Um, if he had haste, yeah. he's not hitting it originally. So um, he can. There's a lot of answers to it, and I, I feel like wizards probably had some thought put into making sure these angels were balanced by themselves. So Yeah,
1: and that's the thing. I mean, you don't want to run the risk of, in a last set, having an incredibly explosive, overpowered, white, big mythic, you know, kind of like we have Elish right now. Um, he's in that yeah. same situation. So. But uh, I, I like her. I think she's cool. I'm not sure. You know, I'll probably get one copy, just in case I need her for a reanimator or something like that, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I can see people's appeal, and it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a card which does something which previously you needed to uh, go... Um, uh, ultimate with um, uh, the first uh,
1: Elspeth to get. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is a somewhat unique effect. I mean, I think Eljazi Monument made all your card creatures indestructible, but you did have to sacrifice one a turn. And then, like you said, the Elspeth yeah. Ultimate, which obviously took some time to ramp into. Here you can be like, Bam, what's up?
0: And then follow it up with the Jokulhoppa card just to be a complete total um, word which
1: uh, radio broadcasting would not yeah. permit. <laughs> what is it? It was like Apocalypse in red, where it was like it was literally everything. It's like, hey, it, yeah. like, even your hands, it's like, every card is gone. Like, we're just starting over.
0: Also, um, uh, the Scourge set uh, had the um, ten mana Decree of Annihilation which Exile. Yeah, I it think. was like,
1: everything, get out of here. <laughs> it's like, we're starting over. And then the last little preview card we have is probably the most controversial up uh, to that point, And that's not for what it does, but for its mechanics. So we have Thunderous Wrath. Mm. This is a yep. six mana for four, four red red instant. Thunderous Wrath deals five damage to target creature or player. Pretty boring, you say? You're right. Unfortunately, it has this little mechanic called Miracle. And what Miracle is is you may cast this card for its miracle cost when you draw it if it's the first card you drew this turn. And its miracle cost is one red. So that is the most powerful lightning bolt to date.
2: That's uh, the most powerful top duck to date. More uh, yeah.
1: You. Obviously for us for the Magic Online players, this isn't a big deal because, you know, it, yeah. I mean, well, it is a big deal because it's an awesome card, so the red deck just gets there. It's like, oh, rip, oh, zap you for five. Um, mm. I think what more people are concerned with is going to be playing in real life with cheaty face factor. Yeah, potentially you could have somebody... Um Shuffle around the cards
0: just so, so, oh, hey, look, I just ripped a miracle off of the top of my deck. Again,
1: isn't that miraculous? Exactly. Good like I'm thinking, like, uh, an end-of-turn, like, in-turn end brainstorm. Oh, hey, look, I get the Thunderous Wrath view, because that was the first of the three cards. I think more
2: likely is going to happen is that people are going to realize that they need a check, uh, put their hands down, draw the card, look at the card, and then move on
1: and they've they've already said um and from the notes that i saw from the meeting they said two things a the cards will have a very specific template uh that's different so you'll kind of recognize them when drawn as being a miracle card uh so they'll probably look a little different maybe have something to be like visually pops as soon as you see it and second of all they said that the the, the faq section on miracle cards is going to be very detailed and have specific rules so i think there's probably going to be something in there like in competitive events like if the card touches any of the other cards in your your grip, like you can no longer cast it for its miracle cost, or something like that, would be my guess. Basically to say, if there's any ambiguity over whether or not it was the first card you've drawn, you're no longer allowed to pay the miracle cost.
2: I agree. I think that's definitely how you got to go about that. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, looking at the card itself, the... um, uh, the name frame has a uh, indentation at the top uh, towards the top of the card and there's sort of a radiation there's there's beams radiating from the center of the card out um, all around the edge of the frame so it's it's, it's fairly clear to see um, what it's doing um, looking at the card frame itself also quite intrigued that this is essentially a fire blast
1: yeah this is a pretty ridiculous card the end, yeah but like you said uh, i don't know the problem is like this card just sucks in your opening hand. Like, if you do just draw it in your opening hand, you're kind of up a creek, because you you never wanted to pay six for Fire Blast. You always wanted to sack two mountains when your opponent was at four. And this card, like, you you lose the miracle option as soon as it's in your hand. Unless there's a brainstorm effect in the format. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just weird, because I feel like the the decks you want to play this in are not going to be decks that can play... I mean, it'd be weird to play some blue-red burn deck with Ponder, I feel. Um, and even then, it would let you get rid of the ones you have already have.
0: Yeah, it's a brainstorm effect.
1: And plus, how pissed are you going to be if you're on the draw, and this is the first card you draw? Like, how much does that suck? Uh,
0: not, well, technically, you not, should be able to do it. Well, no, because you, 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 well, no, you,
1: yeah, you draw it it's, uh, somewhere you draw it, else. And you go well, right? look, because well, you draw it, because miracle cost says, you, anyway, it says, go. it says you can pay this miracle Cross when you draw it, so I would assume it would have to be paid for during the draw step. If you look at the reminder text, so if that's the case, because otherwise, also what would keep people from going like they take their turn, they attack, and then they're like end of turn, or like during my second main phase, thunderous wrath eat for a miracle cause, because it was the first card I drew this turn. Like you can't, you can't yeah, do that. Well,
2: I was that well, so you could. Yeah. You have to give away some information. You draw the card, you put it aside, you play your land, you tap in, then you show that the, the drawn card in order to cast it. But I, I think your implementation probably makes it a little bit more sense. Yeah, because like I said,
1: and I thought that I thought I was confused too. First of all, when I reread it, the, the biggest thing that sticks out to me says when you draw it. So I feel like it has yeah, to yeah. be done during the draw step. Which, like I said, so if that is the case, I would be so pissed if this is my first draw of the game.
0: Or you could say in modern uh, Simeon Spirit Guide, and burn you for five before I've even played a land. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, man yeah but it's i mean interesting obviously it's it's far less controversial for magic online um, the yeah. biggest issue is in paper uh, especially with ponder and preordain type effects Things like that, and brains like I said, brainstorm. I could see in being a big one.
0: Yeah, brainstorm in formats where it's legal would um, ups the value of this entire mechanic considerably. Yeah,
1: and it, and it, the thing is, it also does it legitimately because the ability to put it back in your deck is what would make it so great, but also ups the chance of people cheating with it uh, as well. Now, the other the other trick with this would be Delver. Yeah, how cruel is that? Like, if you flip, if you, that's the card, you it's like I'll flip this over, flip my Delver and five to your face,
0: or even okay, I'll activate Del- Delver's ability. Have a look at the top card of your library. Uh, do a uh, something like a Sensei's Top, uh, reshuffle top of your library. Then draw a card and uh, potentially get two bites of the cherry.
1: It's an interesting mechanic. They have said that there will be uh, no miracles in black.
2: <laughs> that's, that's that's a really fine thing. To yeah, say. when you
1: when you read you read it in the notes, it was like there are no black miracles. It's like what? <laughs> 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 just an odd way to put oh, it.
0: Dear. Oh, racist wizards of the yeah. coast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think they were that kind of wizards. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Mm. But uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what other effects they create in uh, in miracles. I'm I'm kind of dreaming. Obviously, this would be ridiculous. Like some kind of two and two blue, draw three cards, miracle, one blue.
0: Oh, that, that would be. That'd be a little too steep. It might do a draw two cards thing, sort, of sort of an inspiration. if
1: Yeah, you like two, two. I think inspiration. Yeah, two and two blue, yeah. and then a blue, you know, miracle for a blue. Good. That'd yeah. be so good.
0: That's funny. Red inspiration, obviously you've got the burn. Green inspiration, I'm reckoning probably a creature token of some kind, something big. Maybe a 3-3 three, three for three, which is a 3-3 three, three for one.
1: Yeah, maybe something like that. That'd be interesting. I don't know what they would do for white. So.
0: Gain three life, make a bunch of
1: tokens. <laughs> three, that would be the biggest thing. <laughs> it's like two and two and
0: miracle cost
1: zero. Two and a white Gain three life, miracle zero. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a skill tester.
0: Oh man, that'd be funny. Possibly an angel token thing,
2: or uh... or like even better, have a, have a have a miracle card that's um if you're if you if you're below five health. And you've just drawn this card, you you go back up to twenty life, regardless of your life total, so it's like best top deck to counter the other best top deck, so
0: or maybe even a miracle rough
2: <laughs> wait so what would happen if if I'm brainstorming right and it's the first card I draw? Can I do it? Does the activation go on the stack then?
1: That's what I don't understand cuz it because it, it's not like a triggered ability like so I have no idea like is it, say it's the end of your opponent's turn and you brainstorm and let's say legitimately the very first card in the brainstorm stack the top card of your library is thunderous wrath well you still have to finish resolving brainstorm right like I don't I have no idea how that would operate
2: It'd be interesting well, if it, it added the tr- I mean on Magic online I couldn't see it like adding a trigger to the stack Yeah um I mean, it, that's hidden it, to everyone else Yeah it
1: would be really interesting and then what happens like what if it's one of the two cards like I put back on top of my library like, can it no longer be cast, or what, you know, like, I don't know. Or what if it is in my hand? Like, I have no idea how it's going to work. Yeah, that's a
0: potential uh, interesting one. I suppose um, if it's cast in the middle of another spell's resolution, which I think there was, uh, yeah, there was a um, the copy spell from uh, Lawin. Uh, Wild Ricochet, which put a copy on the stack during its
1: resolution. Yeah, I mean there's stuff that can be done, like, I don't know, I would I don't know, it's, we'll just wait till someone makes Magic Online crash when they try to do this, like, they're going to end of turn brainstorm and Thunder Wrath is going to be on top, Magic Online is going to shut down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing which concerns me, do you remember the um, uh, trick people used to play with um, uh, Chromatic Sphere, where they'd um, uh, use the mana from the sphere to cast a a spell which had a too high a mana cost look at the top card of their library and undo it perfectly within the game rules having seen the top card of their library oh yeah like
1: when you clicked the spell and like started to add the mana Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: which was within the rules of of magic as they were at that time but were very hastily changed
1: Um, being nonsensical
0: Yeah, for allowing people to look at the top card of their library when they shouldn't um, be able to have that knowledge so uh, I think we might see people trying to abuse it and some might succeed I imagine wizards have gone over this with a fine-tooth comb, and the obvious avenues will be blocked off, and they won't be, and they won't be um, shy about closing off the others. Uh, you'd hope so. Yeah,
1: um, beta testers will definitely earn their, their keep that time around. for that.
0: But yeah, uh, this is a nice splashy uh, replacement for double-faced cards, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's. it's- You've activate Quite, quite interesting. And, I mean, certainly tense. Like, when you're, cause we've all, I mean, for those who play played the red deck, you've all been in the position where you're just sitting there, and your opponent's at like three or four, and you're out of gas, and they're starting to recover, and you're like, where are my burn spells? You're just sitting there waiting, and this certainly creates some tension. Oh,
0: well, you we remember the, uh, $64,000 top deck?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the lightning helix off the top.
0: Yeah, uh, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, I was
1: actually in that crowd. It was pretty ridiculous. Okay. Like I was at I was at that pro tour, and it literally the room just like blew blew up. Like even if you didn't, you had never met Craig Edwards or anything. You it was the, one of the most amazing things. You're like, oh, screaming was everywhere. People were like running up and high fiving. Like I don't even know you, but we're gonna high five because it's so cool. Just people enjoying magic. Anyway, back to the uh, previews for a sec. Um, I. That's pretty much all we know, isn't it? really, isn't it? Is there any cards we've missed? Well, oh, we got 15 other previews, but they're all, you know, like Plains, Island, Swamp, Mountain Forest. Pretty boring cards. I don't know why they even print them. Oh, the other thought is, um, newsflash, green is definitely in.
0: Yeah. They're going to keep printing green cards. Sorry, guys. And uh, one of the most broken cards in all of
1: Magic is back in five copies this set. Seriously. How do they keep reprinting Island? Never know. Mm. So broken. Well, three copies anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then the other little bit of... Fun news we got from PAX, which is also a spoiler, although not one to look forward to immediately. And that is the name of the fall 2012 set uh, for October. And the name of that set is Return to Ravnica. Return to Ravnica. Yay. People are pretty excited about this, and rightfully so. Uh, Ravnica Mm -hmm. Ravnica was awesome. One of the most fun sets in uh, recent memory. I I only hope it can live up
0: to the hype. Because uh, people have be expecting great things from this right from the off. Ravnica's mechanics with, say, Mercadian um, Mask's power level would not go well. No, not at all. Oh, my God. I love
1: this. They have a, a preview shot here, and it actually shows um, Niv-Mizzet and Jace kind of just sitting on a rooftop mm. looking down at the city. Chilling. Yeah, because that's a pair you want together, Jace and Niv-Mizzet. Yeah, that would be... So that's, oh, that's going to be terrifying. I wonder if they're going to do a
0: different version to the surviving Guild Lords. I wonder which Guild Lords are currently surviving.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I didn't keep up entirely with the backstory after uh, the first Ravnica book. It was pretty much when I stopped picking up the backstory. I yeah, try.
1: that was actually, I think the, I read the the first thing, the Ravnica and the Guild Pack, and those are like the only magic novels I've ever actually read. I
0: haven't read Guild Pack, didn't read Dissension, um, but I followed some of the uh, synopses, if you will.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And people, they've already posted their incredible excitement. Uh, we'll see what we get. I love one person wrote, he's like, they should just reprint, they could just reprint the set. Like Return to Ravnica could just be Ravnica. That's got to be development. Um, uh, reprint
2: Breeding, breeding pool and like all oh, those lines as well. I think that'd be great.
1: Yes. I mean, and more
0: weirds. Come on, you can't leave a tribe with just three members. That's just
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it'll... It'll be interesting. It's obviously incredibly exciting. We don't know anything yet. I mean, we barely know anything about Abyss Restored, but uh, yeah, it'll. It's pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it's 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 sort of a risky uh, proposition, in my opinion, mostly because of the fact Ravnica has such huge hype about it. People are going to, like, people may judge African Restored based on, oh, this is cool, but we're going back to Ravnica.
1: Yeah, like I feel like they almost kind of shortchanged their next two products because it's like. Now, Abyssin Resort comes out, Magic 2013 comes out, and everyone's just like, I don't care. I just, let's get to the fall. Like, I want Return to Ravnica.
0: But you know, what I could do. be interesting. M13, they did the uh, duels.
1: I could see it, like the the Ravnica du- Shocklands? Yeah, I could, I believe it. I mean, especially if they talk about wanting to reprint staples for Modern, uh, which are not, you know, which is not bound at all by the reprint policy. And you want, like, that's one of the cards that's such a big investment, but you have to have some of them. Like, pretty much no matter what deck you're playing, you're going to be playing some number of duel lands so they need to make those available like staples as far as creatures and spells like come and go and they shift with the metagame. but you're always going to want to play those lands like if if they <laughs> if they want modern to be successful and continue to grow as a player base they have to make those available somehow and i could see it and yeah. i'd be fine with that and i have a full set of all of them right now i have i've have all 40 Ravnica Shock lands which would take a tremendous price hit and i don't care i want
0: them yeah. back yeah yeah absolutely um i had all of them um, i'd love to see them uh uh, the price. Well, would the price plummet all that much? Would we'll give you their bucking standard.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, just availability. Like, as people draft, they would come down. Like we saw that with uh, Med Four at the time. They would probably go back up. Um, but like, remember when um, Master Edition Four came out, the actual dual got reprinted, and that said, and they all came down quite a bit.
2: I I was yep. a huge fan of Modern, not because of anything else, other than the fact that we got this again.
0: Now, the other interesting divide could be potentially say. M13 having the allied jewels um, and uh, Ravnica having the enemy. Ooh, that'd be very interesting. Although that,
1: that would be weird because then, just thinking ahead, like, they would rotate at different times, which would be odd. No, they
0: wouldn't.
1: Wouldn't they? Nope, they'd <laughs> uh, both rotate with the...
0: Well, I suppose not because no, the, unless, unless, unless they keep the M13 ones in for another year, M14 as well, that would rotate at the same time. So two years of the Rav duels being in the core set, and uh, one year of the enemy duels being in uh, um, Ravnica, which would be in standard for two years. Yeah,
1: yeah, it might work. It'd be interesting. Uh, hopefully they'll put all ten in one set, <laughs> which I mean, which would be Mad 2013, I imagine, mm. and which they've you know they've done before. They they put all ten pain lands in a single base set before. So, but that was in a much bigger base set. Well, I mean, there's nothing stopping them from increasing the size. It's Up to them, they can do what they want. They've shown they've shown that many times,
0: <laughs> and it does make you wonder if they if they do that, then they could put say the Karoos back into um, Ravnica and have room for uh, interesting lands which expand upon the um, potential. There's a lot of possibilities.
1: I get the feeling like it's in, in some way, shape, or form, sometime if they want Modern to be long-term successful, they have to reprint the Ravnica block yep. shocklands. That's all there is to it.
0: Absolutely. Um, this is the one thing which um, you've got staples. Which um, the other way they could do it would be to have an uncommon
1: cycle of comes into play tap jewels. That'd be interesting, but I mean, but with and with the sack lands, you wouldn't probably hardly notice them, So But I mean, the problem is then you would just be, people would just end up playing both, you know. So yeah, like, I don't know. But uh... yeah, it's I mean, they have some options, obviously, depending upon how what they do with Ravnica and, if they continue to try and do the guild type model, which would indicate bringing back the lands for the purposes of that set, or if they did it in Magic 2013. I, th- I think
0: the guild model was uh, kind of smashed yeah. by the storyline, so we'll see what they, uh, how they develop it really. I'm not sure um, what the current state of um, Ravnica as a plane is uh, storyline wise, wow. so we'll have to see what they do. That's an good at su- though. Yeah, I okay. suspect they're not going to do a fractured invasion yeah. plot like that. Uh, Oh God! Yeah.
2: I mean, I mean, it's it's one of the few planes where they haven't. Yeah. Hey, the is untouched. Are we? They probably took one look and said, eh. "Yeah, the French is like, eh, nah, <laughs> no thanks." They're like, we. It's like, well, you're telling me if we infect them, we have to deal with their legendary rules. Uh, yeah. uh
1: eh, No thanks.
2: <laughs> I hear uh, I heard Ravnica's free. <laughs> I heard it's quite nice this time of year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go to Ulgrotha.
1: Okay, but yeah, hopefully we'll get uh I mean I don't think we're gonna get much more information about Ravnica anytime soon, especially with two more actual set products to come out in the meantime. But uh it's pretty exciting to know that that's coming up. Yes indeed. That pretty much covers all the news uh from mostly from packs that you can mention this week. Yeah. Um, but cool stuff. And then prices. Yeah. Not a lot of expensive cards in standard right now.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 fine beginning to find that myself. Uh, trying to get everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's been pretty awful. Um, I I mean forty dollars for a sort of war and peace. Ugh. Yeah, and
1: some decks. I mean, there's some decks out there that play four four copies of it. So it's a big toll on the wallet.
2: One sixty right there. Yeah,
1: especially considering many of those decks also play Geist of Saint Tract, who's at twenty three. And then you know because you're playing Geist, like in your opponent's gonna play Geist, you need to play Fantasmal Images to deal with those. And those are eleven dollars. So it just kind of keeps keeps rolling. There's some some big ticket cards. That, Phantasm Limited is pretty interesting to be up there because he's a he's just a rare, uh, but engine to crack yeah. over $10. That's pretty impressive.
0: I think it's a two-mana clone in a format with a fair few hex-proof things and certainly a lot of legends which you're actually seeing play. Oh, you played Elishnor Grand Celebrant.
1: Bye. Yeah, and then even if not, there's – I mean you have Sun Titan, you have Inferno Titan, you have Primeval Titan, you have Warmfoil Engine. Uh, there's lots of great cards to copy – even if your guy's out there, and even if they can target him, oftentimes you still did damage on the way in.
0: Yeah, and the thing to remember with copying Elish Norn is uh, both copies are in play uh, briefly before being resolved by the rules, so that's, um, if not eliminating the plus two bonus of the opposing Norn, it at least um, neutralizes it, so it could be a way, say, after combat to uh, finish off a few things.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a great tool. Uh, it's just impressive. because even like Birthing Pot, like being from a small set uh, as a rare is only six, $6 and some change. There's a lot. The pattern here seems to
0: be um, a lot of these cards are either from Nephorexia or from. Yeah, most of them are from New Yeah, Phyrexia. they're Nephorexia or they're uh, Mythics. Uh, I, I, thought the, that. I
2: personally thought the pattern was they're either in a uh, Reanimator strategy, or blue black control, or in a blue white Delver. It's just.
0: Yeah, this price list does kind of suggest the format's been more than a little solved right now. Yeah,
1: I I think one of the biggest things, like, I think people would really be upset more with Delver if it wasn't for the fact that it's cheap. It's almost as oppressive in the format as some of the other cards in the past that have made, because it's it's a one-mana, three-power creature in blue. Like, that's not okay. (laughs) Like,
0: Yeah, this is a... you can remember when um, the um, five-mana, three-three, oh, Urza block kill condition morphling mm-hmm. you remember when morphling was um blue's go-to card to kill things that cost five mana so you could technically be tapped down um before having to deal with it but this yeah you drop it turn one and you just sit back and protect it and protect it and win
1: yeah between vapor snag and mana leak like your ability to buy time so just for example you know if you go turn one you play him and say you get the blind flip on turn two that puts him on like a six turn clock assuming you play no other creatures but more often than not what happens is you see a mana leak, you see a vapor snag, you see a dissipate, they thought scour themselves, then they play a rune chanter's pike and attack you with a 7-2 delver. So it's pretty oppressive, but I think the fact that it's common, and before, I mean obviously we're seeing some of the creep now, uh, the deck was kinda cheap to get, it was, you could put it together because it was in a slot, and it got drafted done until everything was available, and so you'd see a lot more complaining I feel like if it wasn't such an accessible deck.
0: Yeah, the thought also occurs of, uh, one of the cattle. Uh, which I believe is uh, done in modern for being a 3-3 uh, three, three for one, which was too efficient and too easy to uh, uh, make into a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Could we see a similar thing here? Because we've got a three-power evasion for one mana in a color which should be much weaker than the creature which greens
1: gets. Absolutely. I mean, and you're, you're looking at a card that sees play in pretty much every format. Like, people people dropped it. People <laughs> play it in block. People play it in standard. People play it in Legacy. I play it in modern. I'm surprised they don't play it in vintage somehow. Like it's just, it is. Well,
2: vintage yeah. doesn't have creatures anymore. Yeah, but, and, yeah, and you're definitely
1: like, and you don't, you can't, you can't reveal a memory jar to flip a deck. So <laughs> no, but it's it, it is just a really, really, really powerful card. Yeah. I don't I don't know I don't think it's man worthy yet, but I mean we'll see. And I haven't paid attention to standard enough, but yeah, I don't think it's. Well, I don't think we're there yet, but we'll see. And, and we're certainly obviously absent restored. We'll hit the format before that's uh, comes up again.
0: Yeah, it is worth noting they have been certainly more willing to push the envelope um, the past few sets. I mean, you look at uh, Jace the Mind Sculpt, you look at um, Stoneforge Mystic, they're certainly not afraid to print cards, which could well be on the verge of banning with that little extra push, which might push them over the edge or which might just um, go by the wayside. And it's good that they're doing that. It's good that they're trying to... Uh, Get interesting cards into the format which people can build around. It's just that sometimes they might push a little too
1: hard. Yeah, and that's true. But I mean, the, on the other hand, like if you don't try to look for that, if you don't see where the the edge of the cliff is, that's when you get like mass block and Kamigawa block. You know, yeah. so I would I much prefer problematic card here and there with cool formats you know along the way, and then we have to ban things occasionally. than I would. Yeah. really boring, playing random legends or playing rebels.
0: And they're certainly not afraid to ban things. I mean, uh, the banning of um, uh, what was the uh, token generation
1: standard? Uh, lingering Souls. It was banned in block, though.
0: Banning in block, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not afraid to ban a, a card in block, which had just been printed in the most recent set. Now, they don't like banning, but if they're more eager and more willing to do it than to see a format degenerate, then...
1: Damn. Well, I think they've seen in recent times, especially because we've had to do so many of you, that it's not the end of the world. Like, A, it doesn't cause the biggest problem because there's so much information within the community. Like, before, when, you know, the yeah. ban list came out in a magazine, in like, a scry and you had to look it up. Like, that was an issue. But that's why they changed the ban rule yeah. in the first place. Like, it's now a shorter lag time between banned and no longer allowed to actually be played because information gets around a lot quicker. Um, so people can learn yeah. about that more. And then the other thing is, They've realized when you ban cards, that makes more cards playable. You know, when you don't yes. allow... In turn yeah, and just look at uh, Innerstrad block right now. It is a much healthier, much more diverse format now that those cards are banned. You still see tokens. It's still a deck. It's just now you can play other decks without running three main deck, Ray of Revelation, four main deck, seven of the Bloodline. Like, you can play other cards.
0: Yeah. I mean, you might even go so far to say that um, Innerstrad block is more diverse than standard right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, and I think I think it's the best way to go about it. I've played a lot of card games throughout my life, and I've played ones where they ban and restrict cards and formats, and that just gets kind of confusing and it's tough to keep up with sometimes. I've played games where they never banned any cards, they just errated them. That might be the worst of all, because then you have to keep up with what's this card say now and how is it reworded. I'm happy with them just printing powerful, interesting cards and occasionally banning some. I think it's the best way to go about it.
0: I believe Magic uh, made sure to remove the um, card-changing errata... Um... Pretty much broadly across the thing, that was what led to uh, Stifle um cropping up back in the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've and they and the problem with those kind of things is it just depends on the rules manager of the time and what their philosophy is mm-hmm. on trying to make old problematic cards work, you know, the way they were they actually function, or do you want to make them work the way they were intended to by the designers many many moons ago? or Best best. like Flash, for example, is a good one where they were like, let's make I can't, like make it more functionally appropriate. Well, then we had Grand Prix Flash with Legacy and Flash decks everywhere.
0: But better to ban the car than to have the car do something which it doesn't say it does.
1: Exactly. Let's see some modern. We also have some modern prices here, and those are starting to creep down a little bit now that uh, the PTQs are over. We're seeing people selling off uh, gifts. I'm giving yeah. pretty much got cut in half and is down to six dollars. Uh, Hallowed Fountain lost a good chunk off the top. Is back in the twenties. Probably go a little lower. Yep. Mox Opal lost some off the top at about 15. A couple of them are hanging in there. Mind, tra- Mind Break Trap, Eye of Ugin, uh, Grove of the Burn Willow is still holding up at $12, $13. But it's been early. We'll see how that, how modern. I think modern will see more play than extended did outside of its PTQ season. But the prices are gonna come.
2: Mm-hmm. But not by. I don't think by that much. The modern was sort of dying towards the end, from what I can tell.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll. See.
2: Yeah, we'll see. What happens. We'll see. I think.
1: I think because it is an evergreen format, like people may just hold on to their cards, of like, oh well, these will always be legal in modern. Whereas they extended did rotate, so we might see more people hanging on to it and playing it. It might become the new legacy so, or maybe not. I don't have. A, I think it also. Dep- my Magic. I think it also. Depends. I think
0: it also depends how much they're keeping an eye on the set. I mean, obviously, events may well keep firing on uh, Magic Online. We'll see if they do. We'll see if they don't. But um, it also depends how much if the format evolves or not, if the um, if problematic cards are dealt with or not, because they certainly uh, wielded the band hammer pretty quickly and pretty heavily in the uh, early days of the format. If someone someone degenerate say um, uh, creates a degenerate combo in the off season, what
1: will happen then? Yeah, and we'll I guess we'll see that because I think they they released the remainder of the Grand Prix schedule, and I do believe a couple of them did were modern. So it'll be interesting interesting to see uh yeah what happens at those and whether or not something creeps up that no one's found yet and begins to dominate and how they respond to that. So moving on, we have our question of the week and this week for Wano's um you know we have a small list of spoilers available now but which one do you think is the coolest what uh, caught your eye the most uh, right now i'm i'm just interested in the the other cards that could potentially be miracles like that's got to be the most obviously it's the biggest upside cards in the set yeah um, but even soulbound is pretty interesting like there there's a lot i feel like there's a lot of design space in that mechanic
0: even to just use it for keywords i mean i've already thought of all the of all the cards i saw the Silverblade Paladin was the one which got me most thinking about potential decks because there's a hell of a lot of creatures out there which would certainly like to have Double Strike and say any any kind of sneak attack deck um, or a ball lightning style thing mm. oh hey, you in play very briefly bam, you've got Double Strike or bam, you've got um, Flying or uh, you may sacrifice this card to deal one damage to an opponent or any other soulbound kind of thing. Because you could imagine a, a red soulbound creature doing that.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. It'll be interesting. and also be interesting what happens, like, if you end up with a massive number of soulbound creatures in play and, like, how you keep up with that. Like, obviously Magic Online will do that for us. But, like, I'm thinking in real life, you're like, yeah. well, I have this guy is soulbound to this guy and then this guy is soulbound to this guy. So these guys get plus two plus zero, and these guys have double strike.
0: I think it helps that uh, you can only bow into one, to an unpaired creature. And they have that wording unpaired in there. so absolutely new vocabulary, so you just so you just put the two cards together, adjacent, touching. Yeah, that's true. Much as with equipment or enchantments.
1: Yeah. And how good would it be to soul bound a creature to another soul bound creature, like when you play them, so then they yeah. both give each other bonuses, and then if they do manage to kill one of them, you can just play a new creature and soul bound it to that one.
0: I like I do like the idea of uh, double soul binding, so both creatures get the bonus. Say if you've got a uh, a red knight with uh, both this and the soul bound thing, get plus two plus two. Instant combo with this guy, um, and a ridiculous amount of damage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, double, double strike and double strike granters are very powerful things to have in any format. Absolutely.
1: You know, I just realized that I, they're, they're, we've already – we were talking about the Restoration Angel and how she'd be interesting for combat tricks. You could actually use her as a combat trick with Silverblade Paladin or another Soulbound creature. Absolutely. You could flash, flash uh, uh, the Soulbound creature out yeah. and come back and be like, oh, you didn't block that guy? Well, I'm going to Soulbind him to him now. Double strike to your face.
0: Yes. Or even just, oh, hey, Silverblade Paladins, um, not bad with anything. You're attacking. Bam, four mana. I suddenly have three, four flyings, a double striker, and a 2-2 two, two double striker. Block both your guys. Win the game. Out.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> When you, when you chump attack, you tend to lose games.
0: Attacking into a potential or massive combat trick. I mean, Restoration Angel, lots of possibilities there. That's quite a fun card. Uh, also reminds me of Flicker Wisp and Glimmer Point Stag. They seem to be doing one of those in every block
1: now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Interesting stuff already. Just the mechanic sets the mind to wonder for what could be. One thing I'm kind of sad about is they're continuing the text proof. I am, I'm not a fan of the mechanic, or the keyword rather. Yep. I wish we would go back to Shroud.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was weird to me that we went from, can't be targeted to shroud to hexproof. I like shroud. Yeah,
1: and I think I think it's just a more fair mechanic. Obviously, with equipment, like you prefer, much prefer hexproof, but it's just so problematic. I feel like
0: you can target it, your opponent can't. Um, but a hexproof that prevents sacrificing—that's just cruel. That's that's salt in the wound. That's um,
1: how you're going to deal with me now. Exactly. And I mean, most pyrocosm effects don't get up to five toughness, so I'm just like, what? What? Come on. <laughs> Well, there's a fair few off the top of my head. You
0: had uh, Ryusei. You've got um, yeah. um, Inferno. You may be um... the first
1: person who has Ryusei known off the top of their
0: head. <laughs> oh, i had Ryusei known because I was thinking of
2: Kega yeah. earlier because we're thinking of a and then when I think of Ravnica, I think of how, how bad Comic was compared to. <laughs>
1: Didn't you like start? <laughs> you like started with... around then though, too,
2: though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I did start playing that. then you're like, oh, then,
1: cool, so. Dragon. This yeah. card's awesome.
2: Like, yeah, no, I I, yeah. I was playing a blue red uh the tr- blue red. Blue Red Troll, and I was like why don't people just play four, eight dragons yeah. that sounds
0: so much better than four yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, speaking of Ravnica there is one which um, well, that one only goes up to four Hammerfist Giant uh, but you do have say uh, Star Storm
1: for five you could there's not that many of them
0: yeah. some but not yeah, many it
1: like, usually it's like two or four the standard mm. lately we've seen three with like Flame Break and Slag Storm but uh, worth,
0: worth, worth thinking that there is actually a 13 currently in standard oh yeah
1: that's true Blasphemous Act good point it's all right. So there are answers to her specifically, but it's just—it's still, yeah. It's—it's well, it's an to Pretty much any swarm of creatures. It's like when you say, "Oh, hey, look at this." Yeah, it's like when you say there are answers to invisible stalker in limited. Yes, that is true, but <laughs> if you don't find them immediately, you're in your upper creek.
0: Yeah, you're in for a world of hurt. Especially, um, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm thinking you're doing a, um human base unblockable uh, tribal deck at some point, just because, uh, oh, hey, something you can't target, which is swinging for a ridiculous amount of damage every turn, and
1: my deck's full of them. Yeah. Seems good. Seems good. Uh, And I guess speaking of that, what have you been playing in tribal lately? What's going down, AJ?
0: This weekend was a... um, uh endangered week, which meant uh tries with only a limited number of members each. I went with devils but on a white on a white base. White devils. White devils. Um there White Devils? Nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Wait, what? What's <laughs> The trick here the trick here was a all planes mana base using um all eight of the dual land uh, red white planes, plus four Vesuva. And Emeria the Sky Ruin. Because what happens when you use Emeria the Sky Ruin, alongside, ooh, let's say, oh, what's the um, hate bound uh, devil? Oh,
1: Flare of the Hate Bound?
0: Flare of the Hate Bound, yes. Whenever a creature comes into play from your graveyard, Ah, I see. alongside something, yeah, mm. which every upkeep, bam. Oh, hey, you killed my Flare of the Hate Bound twice, uh, taking a fair amount of damage in the process. It's back again, and it doesn't have a counter on yeah, it.
1: it's back from the Imeria, and four to your face. That's pretty funny,
0: man. (laughs) Exactly. Sadly, I had a few mana problems um, a couple of games, so uh, yeah, no great success to report, but fun fun deck idea, anyway.
1: Hey, you're you're, you're thinking outside the box. That's what's fun. What about you, Sebastian? What have you been playing?
2: Uh, You know, I started playing a a cube draft, um, where I drafted a model white deck with land tax, three planeswalkers, and four wrath effects. <laughs> and, uh, batter skull. Um you know the you know typical cards. You know, bat, you know a batter so, skull, yeah, so more, it's uh, a normal everyday draft. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's you know it's, it's been great. It's uh I, I play I would play uh, Mentor of the Meek with a Johnny Goldmane, um and Elspeth to make myself a bunch of one one creatures, draw three cards, making two twos, attack, you know, standard stuff. Yeah.
1: So I mean uh, stuff you do you ever do the seven man? yeah. <laughs> That's crazy
2: yeah no it's you know stuff you do like you know, on, on an everyday basis for most people right mm-hmm. yeah no it's i uh, i i've i I think it's surprised a lot of people that anyone would play a monocolored deck in um in cube but i I find it a challenge and a lot of fun so
1: yeah and uh as for myself I've been doing the same i have uh luckily it's with Easter weekend I had Friday off and i'll have I have Monday off so I've just been nice. sitting around playing lots of cube drafts <laughs> because I oh, pretty yeah. Mind. I pretty much cube draft, and then as soon as that cube's done, I fire up another one and keep going back to back. And I've had a lot of fun. I've drafted some blue-white control decks. I've drafted some aggro red decks. I drafted. I built a combo deck for one of them. I actually went off with a uh, Palancron and heartbeat of spring to generate infinite mana, and then um, huh. <laughs> I would what's what's the black command?
0: Uh, um, uh, Profane command.
1: command. Yeah, I would, yeah. Command. Then I would yeah. Profane command people to death because uh, like because I didn't. That's- I didn't find a Storm card in the uh, in my draft, so I just had to come up with that.
0: <laughs> hey, every man, Expel, what was your uh, card draw?
1: Um, I had all sorts of stuff. I had Inspiration... Uh, it, was, it was Cryptic Command. Was cryptic Command, <laughs> I had Deep Analysis. Um, I, I was just kidding, uh, was, Cryptic <laughs> Command, no, wait. I actually did one time, I was going to die, and I tapped down his team and drew a card, and then the nec- and, so next turn I was just dead because he was going to attack me to death, and I didn't have anything, and the card that I drew for my turn... After the extra card with Palancron, which is the card I needed to go off, and
2: then I oh, killed
1: nice. him. So yeah, it did actually draw me into a win one time.
2: <laughs> Cube for any of the guys who haven't played it is a very cool card. I had like one of those like wait what moments when I saw Day of Judgment after Wrath of God. I was like, we well, aren't these the same card? What's happening here? I thought this was a singleton format. Yeah. So. And that's
1: and that's an interesting thing too because you'll have I had a match like I was playing one deck and I had Swords to Plowshares. And then my other opponent had path to, the, path to exile that match. Well, then the next round I played a guy and he kept leaving one man up, and I was like, I know you don't have anything. Like I've already seen them all. Like there's no path. Oh, uh, he probably had condemn, right? Oh yeah, I guess he could have had. No, no, I had the condemn too. It was. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. Kia. Okay. Hey man, my decks. Are, I mean, they're all powerful. It's all a crazy format. I had an opponent play a turn one necro on me one match, and I actually won that.
2: game. Oh god. Wait, dark, dark ritual. Yeah, necro. turn
1: one ritual necro, and I won that. And I won that game. So.
2: Yeah, my. My opponent of uh, the other game I remember playing uh, went uh, turn one, mox, diamond, mox, uh, chrome mox, land, and then play, uh, played the, uh, what's it called? Then played a draw a, the draw spell. I forgot what it's called, though. In any case, yeah, a ton of mana. Yeah, too. <laughs> no,
1: it's it's a crazy nuts powerful format, and it is a ton of fun, so it's probably what I'm going to continue doing. Are you gonna go back to standard for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, once the cubes because the cube goes away this this weekend, and obviously by the time you listen to this podcast, it will be gone. Uh, so yeah, after that, I'll keep playing standard. I've been vacillating back and forth between Delver and Birthing Pod because I can't decide which one I like uh, more. I feel like Delver's better. I just don't like playing it as much. True story. So we'll see, but yeah, overall, that's uh, really loving the cube though. Can't wait for it to come back.
0: I believe that's all we've got for you this week. So um yeah, right. until next week. That's it? I think that's a wrap. So goodbye. Later, guys.
2: Have a good week, everybody.